end of the Winning Edge podcast. Uh, my name's Mark Haywood, hoping the Spring Carnival treated everybody well and you made a little bit of money. And today on the podcast, we've got another special guest, and we're going to look at one particular topic when it comes to rating horses today. Uh, there's, of course, dozens and dozens of different form factors that go into how a race is run and how each horse performs. And particularly these days, most of them are quantified in the form guide. Uh, online, obviously, we've got a whole heap of information. Uh, but there's still one crucial element that's not in the form guide, and that's a horse's fitness levels at any point in time, and most importantly on race days. Uh, even with all the today's technology, it's still something that we largely rely on the, the naked eye for, whether we're having a look at the horses ourselves or whether we're relying on a mounting yard expert. Um, and on the quick question of fitness, today we're going to speak to one particular analyst who has been at it for decades, and he prizes fitness above all else. And he's devoted those decades to actually quantifying a horse's fitness levels based on factors that he thinks are most important. Uh, his name's Jim Conway. He's well known to some people as the founder of 28.8 Fitness. So without further ado, let's have a chat to him. So my guest today is Jim Conway, who's the founder and CEO of 28.8 Fitness. How are you going, Jim? Yeah, good morning, Mark. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. Um, yeah, very uh, very interested to get you on and have a chat because um, yeah, you're somebody who's followed your particular path when it comes to, to horses and form for a very long time and got a bit of a different take on it. Um, so why don't you just, I guess, yeah, We'll start at the start, if you like, and how you first yeah. got into the into the game. And um, it was yeah, originally a, with greyhounds, a, I understand. Yeah, it's not a pro- problem, Mark. Yeah, I uh, oh, about 1959. I'm a bit of an oldie now, and uh, about mm. the age of eight, I started helping Dad uh, to train his greyhounds. Mm. And uh, so that was all a learning experience on fitness, and and actually, just about when I was 12, I got me. Uh, Handler's license to take the dogs to the boxes, you know. Yep. And uh, a dad would come down to the parade yard, and I'd tell him who's the fittest dogs against him because he liked having a punt. Mm. And I sort of didn't know what I was doing, but it, over the years it just all turned out right, you know. So I just must have been just born with some sort of an eye to say, well, that's fit and that's not as fit. And uh, Anyway, so later I took out my own greyhound license and uh, I won about 200 races as a dog trainer, you know, so it was yep. very yep. interesting curve into um, uh, into fitness, you know, which obviously was the key to winning a dog race. Mm. So from very early on, you, I guess, just from working with your dad and also being at the dog track a fair bit, you, you just found you had a bit of an eye for it? I, I think that was it, yeah. That was just, I just had an eye and I'd, I'd make... Uh, even at 12, 13, 14, I'd give Dad some suggestions of, uh, you know, what we can do to uh, make the dog win the next race. He wanted to line it up, you know. Yeah. And uh, it just came uh, naturally. I don't know what it was. I was just in the mounting yards. And obviously it sort of blew me out the water when um, uh, in November 1987, yeah. uh, for the first time, I didn't go to the horse races, and uh, I went down to the mounting yard at Sandown one yep. day. And... Uh, they're all different colours. It's just the way I saw it. All the horses were different colours, which sort of represent different fitness. Mm. And uh, in my race book, I said, well, that's brown, that's pink, that's blue, that's green. I wrote down. Yep. And I said, the green will beat the brown. And it did. <laughs> and 
it kept going on all day. And uh, that really had me scratching my head. I thought it was easier than the dogs, you know, because mm. the horse is a bigger animal. You can see more fitness features. And, uh, yeah, it was very, it intrigued me straight away, uh, Mark, you know. Yeah. So you were, from, a, from I guess, the very start when you looked at the horses, you were doing, probably at the start it was pretty crude. You were doing your own sort of coloured ratings, I guess, if you like, in terms of how fit right. that horse was. Well, the following two weeks, I got, uh, I thought, gee, how fit is he? So I bought all the um, uh, Saturday racing papers, you know, the sports from the age and the truth, mm. and I highlighted um, 600 times the word fit in the form guide for punters. Mm. Fit the day, fitted to win. And then I thought, well, how fit is fit? Is it 40%, 60%? They say it's fitted to win. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, what if you could put a um, quantitative figure on a horse's um, fitness levels? Mm. And mm. Uh, unfortunately, it took me uh, over 30 years, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, a, and about 150 hours of uh, <clears throat> research into the science of fitness and you know, evaluating um, on a percentage of what I thought was the fitness of a horse, which was the uh, nutritional levels, the strength factors, uh, its actual fitness levels, and its um, muscle on muscle, which you'd see on someone like, say, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, when he's bodybuilding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I had to place a percentage on all that and multiply them in my head and... Mm. Come up with a, a 90, 92, and each 1% had to stand up to a, a science formula of speed, which yep. represented one length. So yeah, it was very, very complex. Very yeah. complex. So Dogs, you started looking at, a, a, uh, I guess, a range of factors and then multiplying yep. them together for a single rating, and then you've, That's over the years, you've honed that to be more, more accurate? Absolutely, Mark. I first started off with um, just uh, okay, fair, uh, mm. medium, not not yet, and then I had okay plus and okay minus, and I did that for about 12 months, and I thought, no, this is not right. This has got to be in uh, one, two, three, four, five for punters to get an edge, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I played around with the formulas, and I wasn't allowing enough for enough. And I kept at it, though. I knew I was going to crack this, but anyway, after uh, nine years, I threw all my uh, notes in the bin. Right. <laughs> so, so then we're about uh, 1896, and uh, I started again. Yep. And and that took another 20-odd uh, years, and now um, it, it takes me only seconds to say, well, that's 88, and that's 98. Mm. And to, to punish, that represents 10 lengths. Yeah, right. So you... You do it, it's a, um, I guess, a personal thing for you. you. You can do it just by looking at the horse? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I do um, I do um, meetings all around the world. I can go to Tokyo and uh, mm. South Africa and uh, Europe and England. I do some uh, live tipping on Betfair community. Yep. Uh, America, Australia, it, does, it really doesn't make any difference once I, uh, I get all these thousands of um, logarithms in my head, Mark. Yep. They all, they all come to place very, very quickly, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so basically anywhere in the world, as long as you can get, um, I guess, vision of the mounting yard, uh, your, yeah. your theories stand up. Yep, certainly does. Certainly does. And I work off uh, three screens here at, uh, at uh, 
in the office. I might have it on uh, Adelaide, Melbourne and um, uh, New South Wales or Queensland races. And when you're in the mounting yard, um, I put a percentage of fitness on them and I advise uh, punters the chances, you know. Yep. It's pretty good. It's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty complex, you know. Yeah, just I, I just noticed in um in reading some of your stuff that you're saying with yeah. um what you've what you've I guess come up with over the years and, and honed is that there's four fitness factors with when it comes yeah. to overall horse fitness. Did you just want to take us quickly through them? Yeah, you've got some fitness fitness. You've, first of all, you've got to train your horse to be fit. Yep. Right, so it's, uh, you know you'll just see on the uh, lines on the back of the rump and. Even if you've got a horse that, uh, that's at a certain level of fitness, you know, so that represents a percentage. Yep. Then you've got a horse's strength factors. If a horse starts showing out uh, too many ribs and uh, uh, that uh, cow bone, you know, them the two bones you see on cows, I call them, mm. um, you know, where the hips are poking right out on a milk. Yep. yep. Well, once a horse starts getting cow bones, it's, it's underweight. Right. So what happens is the last when the race is there to be won over the last 150 200 metres uh, they won't find it. Okay. They haven't got the strength factors to finish off the race, you know. Yep. And then really to get get up to your super run, um, um, winning the Everest and things like that, your hypertrophic, which is your your muscle on muscle mark. Yep. And that's the uh, the supremo, like Winks. Mm. You've only got to look at Winks, and she's a power horse, and uh, Black Caviar, and uh, all these superstars. Yep. They have these uh, hypertrophic uh, natural, um, well, not natural. It's part of their training that they bulk up, and and they'll run forever. You know, so it's pretty good. You know, and then mm. your factors of nutritional levels, how the horse looks, and and things like that, and um, they all get multiplied together. The four factors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I come up with my uh, percentages, you know. Yeah. Um, so you've got, I guess, the four of them: are, are basic fit, fitness, your strength factors, your hypertrophic strength, and your nutritional fitness. You've got as well. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. And uh, a lot of trainers do make a mistake of um, uh, running their horses too lean. You know, once you start showing ribs, you. you your trainers are looking for real trouble, Mark, you know, mm. and punters. Yeah. And punters. And you'll, you'll see horses get a lot of ribs when um, they come into the end of their preparation. They've had four, five, six runs, and uh, yep. they may be eating out their food bin, but uh, they're running on empty type thing, and uh, uh, they just lose weight. They might lose uh, four, five, six kilos. Mm. And uh, then they'll find that they'll start dropping off, and then they'll go to the spelling paddock. Hmm. And, and so it's um, not to it. And you've got um, so that all comes together to, for you to give a, I guess, a single percentage rating of overall exactly. fitness. How often yes. do you, would you see in the racing you watch? Would how often do the horses generally at a hundred percent fitness and ready to go for a race? Uh way, uh, over ninety percent of trainers have got no idea of how to um, peak a horse a hundred fit on the day. So they actually time that right on race day? Absolutely. Bart mm. Cummins could do it, of course, you know. Chris Waller yep. does it. Uh, the Godolphin are pretty good at it. So uh, a lot of trainers, um, they just don't know. They might get it right two weeks out of the Melbourne Cup, mm. but then they've dropped off. 
Yep. Like the, Cor- the Caulfield Cup winner. What was the name of that number one that won the Caulfield Cup? Best Solution. Best Solution, yep. Yes, I had that 150 for the Caulfield Cup and then come for the Melbourne Cup. It lost um, three points down to 97, which was three lengths, but over 3,200, you just don't finish off the race. Yeah, yeah. So it just dropped up and I've rated, I've rated uh, Mark, tens of thousands of horses um, not peaking in Group 1 races. So not, so uh, even if their whole preparation may have been aimed at that one race, yes. they just haven't yep, got it right exactly just, on the day. They will miss it. And when you're talking uh, one length in a Group 1 race or two lengths mm. in a Group 1 race, <clears throat> that can be the distance between uh, first and fifth, can't it? Mm. Yeah. Across the lines. So they have to have a balanced fitness chart, Mark. So I used to think of it as, um, you know, you record music and you move up the bass and the treble, the guy mm-hmm. who's doing the actual recording in the studio. Yep. So if each one of them had a name of fitness and strength and nutritional and hypertrophic, if they all moved up level, you'll peak at 100%. Yep. And if yeah. one's too high, if it's got bass and no treble, you lose. Yeah. You know, so it's all science. It's all it's all science. Yeah, and you've obviously come to the realization and the the belief that, um, in terms of the race result, and therefore in terms of punting and everything, that that the horse fitness outweighs all other factors. I would say, look, at this is a thing that that um, punters are really missing about seventy percent of the information to do all their spreadsheets and all their betting systems because. Uh, the fitter horses finish that group across that line. And mm. uh, unfortunately, fitness is not in your form guide and it's not on the internet. Um, trainers uh, are not that uh, good. They well, they say that one got under my guard and the owner's missed a $15 winner. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, fitness, it looked to me, it's, it's 50, I, I know positive, it's 50% plus of the uh, formula that um, mm. hunters are missing out on. And there's no... In most form guides, there's, as you say, there's no quantitative figure put on that fitness. Was it. That's exactly right. I said it's 32 degrees, you're 65 years old, the car goes 120 kilometres an hour, but how fit was a horse? So I yep. started on that in 1987. And, uh, um, yeah, so it's all very interesting. I don't study any form, Mark. Mm. Because on one race day, if I'm doing you know, most of Australia in the mounting yard, I've yep. got to put up to 400 horses in order for fitness on the day. Yeah. And uh, I just don't remember the names. I just, they're all numbers to me. Yep. And then the next day I'll, I'll do another 300 and another three or four tracks. Mm. And this uh, all started... Yeah, this all started right back in the... Right back in the early days when you just found you had an eye for it. There wasn't a, a natural interest in, in it. It's just... You've just found uh, the dog no, track you really. had an eye for it. Well, I started, uh, punters will remember years ago when uh, Roy Higgins was doing the mounting yard, <coughs> mm. doing the mounting yard reports before the races, you know. Yep. Anyway, so I got to know Roy really well, you know, mm. and uh, he was, they'd say on the radio that Roy just tipped the favourite and this and that. And so over about a 12 months period, because I was attending a lot of uh, races, Mark, that, uh, you know, Roy would come over and say, who do you think's going to win this? Who do you like? <laughs> and, uh, yep. So it just sort sort of went on from there, you know. Around most tracks and most states, and right around the world, is this uh, mounting yard commentary or whatever? How do you how do you find that? 
Um, yeah, that's in, fine. I watch them with interest. You've got good ones and you've got bad ones, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, that, that's fine. Yeah, some have a, a good run and uh, some have a, a run about, you know. Yes. The girls that are on, on TV, they're, they're, they're pretty good, but they mm. don't quite understand all the science, whereas they uh, they really might uh, give a big uh, wrap-up for a horse, and it might be uh, about 15 kilos underweight, and, uh, and it runs 8th or ninth. It's gone, you know. Yeah. So they're not bad. They're, they're all right. I'm not going to knock them. It's, it's not an easy thing, because what I do, mm. I'm about the only person... 400 years that's ever taken this to a level of uh, putting a, a quantity figure on fitness. So, yep. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bag other people because it's, mm. uh, it's, not, uh, it's not easy done, you know. I just wanted to, just wanted to talk a bit about trainers. Um, you've done a little bit of work yep. for a few trainers, you were saying? Yes, yeah, I've done some work from trainers and also I can do it online. I've got a trotting stable in America and they're quite happy to... Uh, Send me photos. That's all I need, Mark. Just some side-on photos, yep. and just to just to help trainers out. Unfortunately, uh, poor old trainer. He, he's he's uh, the B grade trainer is getting a bit of a belting now because uh, the big trainers are taking over. Mm. And unfortunately, you can race at Colac, and yes, you will run into uh, Weir and Hayes, and uh, yep. they've got they've got two or three horses in every race. You know. Mm. And that makes it very, very hard for the um, hobby trainer. You've also got uh, some interesting views on um, the use of substances I- in racing, I guess both Definitely. legal and illegal. Um, yep. So, and yeah, right, I guess right from the basic stuff right through to, you know, the illegal doping of horses. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, you know. Look, I was, a, I was a trainer many moons ago, so uh guy said, uh, owner says, well, try this bomb. I said, ah, I've got me fitness, I've got me fitness. Try it, try it. So I tried, and the dog lost eight lengths. Mm. Get, get, get out of his system two weeks later, and he wins by eight. Yep. See, what happens is, this is what happens when they set about the doper horse up, Mark. Mm. They say, right, that's a hypothetical thing. It's the 11th of uh, November, 14th of November. Look, in four weeks' time, we're going to dope our horse, right? We'll run the gauntlet, set up Betfair, um, get our punting organised. We've got the odds, you know, his form's out. And he says, we've got four weeks to, to get him ready. Yeah. And the trainer says, look, just to make sure, what I'll do is I'll increase his training just to put the cream on the drug. Yep. Right? So, so for the next four weeks, they train the horses fitter. Yeah. So come race day, it's fit. Then they mm. put something in it. Now, there's something in it can make the horse go backwards. But yep. it probably was going to win anyway, Mark. Just as a result of the work. Just because they focused on a, a, a four-week, say, fitness period, mm-hmm. and it was going to win anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get caught, and they get uh, two, three, four years. It, 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 it doesn't work because you just can't fill up an unfit horse up yep. and say, right, you know, 48 hours, I've bombed this horse and it's going to win a call for it. Yep. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen, mate, you know. So um, drugs don't work. Hmm. It's just all about, I guess it all just gets lost in the margins in terms of the overall fitness equation. Absolutely. You know, unfit horses, they just can't win. If I've got a horse that... Uh, 
uh, it's 90% and say it's got a bomb in it, and then it's against a horse that's 100% and it's got a horse 199, 98, 97, all these horses. They've got mm-hmm. 7, 8, 9, 10 lengths against it and say, oh, your mind's got a bomb, you watch it go. Yep. Yeah, you beat by 10 lengths and they'll lose their money. Yeah. One thing <laughs> I uh, one thing I did just uh, want to touch on as well is, I guess, the future of it. You, you do this by your own eye, whether it's live yeah. or watching over the, yeah, the, the stream. Is there, in terms of the yeah. future of it, you've, you've floated ideas of um, perhaps tools that would be able to automatically read the fitness of a horse from an image. Um, did you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, I've, uh, I've got to get something done here. Else, uh, 400 years is going to be a loss of the world, you know. <laughs> and uh, I can't see anyone silly enough to... Uh, take on a 30-year research to get it again. So yep. uh, back in actually 1987, when I, only after a few months of uh, a sand down, and yep. in them days, Mark, the police had these stand on the side of the road and had these handheld uh, radar screens at you know, 50 metres away, a car's going 60 miles or 60 kilometres. Yeah. Uh, and I said to myself, you know what, one day you're going to be able to point something at a horse Yep. It's going to be able to tell punters how fit it is. And uh, it was, I thought of this 987. I've had to wait to about 2000, uh, what have we got, 2000, probably about 2015. Yep. The soft, software now is becoming readily available. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, what I'll do is uh, do a scanning program, my logarithms, which is my images of horses, Yep. Uh, be about uh, twenty or thirty thousand images yep. of your black, your grey, your bay, and everything you know. Mm. And then uh, you can go on course, Mark. Yep. You can go bang, 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 bang. The, the twelve runners and the next at Flemington. Yep. Send them to be scanned. Then yep. they'll be sent back to you in an order of fitness, and yep. you can bet away. Yeah. And also the software will um, to go into mounting yard cameras. And yeah. uh, before the horses, um, you know, just leave the barrier, the world would know how fit every horse is, you know. Mm. So it's almost uh, an, auto- an automated version of, you know, you hear about your, your really big big punters and syndicates who have horse yes. watchers in the mounting yards at their tracks. So it's a more Absolutely. an automated version of that. Absolutely. I'm just putting my brain into software. But mm. going back to, uh, this is a thing that is... If, your big pro punters is Elko and the multi-million dollar pro punters. What yep. they've been doing the last five or six years, Mark, they are placing manning yard spotters around a lot of tracks around Australia. Yep. You'll see the same people around the manning yard. I know who yep. they are and I've talked to them. And so if Zalco acknowledges that fitness is his missing edge, yeah. it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So they have these little... I don't see their software, but pushing their, their dotting buttons all the time and things, mm-hmm. and then it goes to a betting room, then they would mm-hmm. evaluate the dots, and then they would come up, this is the chance and this is overs. So Zelko and every others, which so-called bet millions of dollars a week and a month, yep. and that's the edge he didn't have. He didn't have that edge, Mark, but he realised it. He's managing yeah. seems to on guys with got everything, the track trials and the speed ratings, but we haven't got the fitness, and this is what he's doing now, and he's very, very smart. Yep. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting, you know. So I thought it was again a long time ago. I saw the vision for all this work, and mm. uh, so now I've got twenty eight point eight with my iCloud software yep. and my sheets, and uh, I do um, maybe three days or maybe four days uh, a week uh, live. I SMS punters me um, uh, fitness uh, ratings, and yep. then they they take it all from there, you know. Any more than about three or four days, I go a bit brain dead, Mark, you know. Yeah. <laughs> too uh, many horses. And overall, me, uh, 92.6% of fitter horses win. Mm. And, uh, I tell punters of, uh, laying unfit horses, Mark, so if I know who's fit. Yep. I know who's not fit. And, yep. uh, so far, me record is that, um, I've had 917 lays off tipped. And yep. 912 have won, so that's a strike rate of 99.45. That's not bad. And <laughs> well, oh yeah, and the uh, longest winning streak was uh, 616 winners in a row. Yeah, right. Just from laying unfit horses. That's right. So look here, lay this. I've on my software bet and lay, you know. And um, so just, I guess looking looking toward the future, how yes. in terms of of getting a, a scanning tool which can give your everyday punter access to these fitness ratings. How far yep. off do you reckon that is, if you had to put a figure on it? It's, uh, I've got the logarithms, and I've got the, um, it's the software. The software was unheard of scanning software, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And now they uh, they scan um, uh, malamomas and all things like that. So image scanning is there. It's got to do with the cost mark. Yep. I'd say it's anywhere between uh, uh, 500 thousand plus mm-hmm. and then the time would take maybe if you had a team on it maybe three years yeah and that and that could be uh that could be free a free app that uh, yep. whereas uh, race clubs could pay a license to yep. show them on their um uh, all worldwide race clubs could show pay a license fee and cool. then you have um a multimedia advertising on the app so partners can get it free Mm. And uh, it'll give an edge to any race they want. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty exciting. The thing about is that no one's got the logarithms, uh, Mark. Yep. The the, ra- the ratings. I would put um, ten or twenty thousand horses in an order of fitness. Yep. And then they would be loaded into the scanning software. So you could take your twelve runners at Caulfield. You go click, 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 click. You yep. send to be scanned. The scanner will scan um, five or six million images um, a second. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get every runner back with time to still have a bet. Oh, well, uh, yeah, as I said, it's been, a, been interesting to have a chat with somebody who's, who's so focused on an area such as fitness and has so much experience. So yes. thanks for your time today, Jim, and yes. uh, we'll chat again soon. It's been a big pleasure, Mark, and uh, thanks very much. And, uh, yeah, punters, have a look at fitness, and uh, it'll change your punters. Beautiful. Jim Conway from 28.8.com. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode of the Winning Edge podcast. Hopefully you got something out of it. Uh, if so, you can subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, and you won't miss an episode. And if you've got any questions at all, you'll find Winning Edge Investments on Twitter or Facebook, or you can head to winningedgeinvestments.com, and you can get in touch with us there. Uh, We've got a big team of professional punters and analysts who study the form and bet for a living. 
So head over to the website and see what they've got to offer, or if you just want to get in touch for a chat about punting. So until next time, I'm Mark Haywood. Thanks for listening. <laughs>